What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of What the Heck Hoops. It's your boy, Hector Mazza. And I'm your host, or I'm sorry, not your host, but your sidekick, Mount. You know what it is, man. Um, still in the MIA. Heck, still running it up in the old man. We're still virtual, but it allows us to do the videos, man. So let's keep it up. Let's run it up, man. Let's dive right into it, baby. All right. Uh, to start off, first off, we want to ask y'all to like um, every single video that we put comment below subscribe all that man keep in touch with us we really appreciate all the support you guys give to us um we just gonna start off just by talking about the lakers man and the clippers we just gonna talk about what's going on in la period and um yeah you know the lakers and the clippers just did some big acquisition and yeah you give me your thoughts on what you think on both man um honestly um in terms uh, you said the clippers right Either or. You can start either or the Lakers or the Clippers. Okay, I'm going to start with the Clippers because um, I like the Clippers. And I hate to say that because I'm a Lakers fan. But, I mean, bro, they're actually dumb nights this year. Like, um, I come back on this pod. I was talking a little bit. I, I don't recall, but I was talking a little bit of trash about them. Um, But they're slept on. Number one shooting, in my opinion, they're the I believe they have the highest three-point percentage in the league. And it's like yeah. – it's like almost in – um in like the history of the NBA, it's probably one of the highest three-point percentages in the NBA. And then on top of that, they're a half-court set team. Um, and I yeah. think with the acquisition of Rondo, I think he's a great half-court, half-court player, uh, half-court mm-hmm. player. You know, he's, he's good in that slow down ball. And that's exactly what they do, bro. They don't really go on transition much. Um, yeah. And that's why I'm scared of them in the playoffs though, because the playoffs is not much of transition. It's mostly half-court set ball. We want mm-hmm. you to go through the motions, go through the sets and, get the best shot off possible. And that's exactly what they do. And Kawhi thrives in that himself perfectly, pers- pers- um, personally. Um, and then I want to touch on the fact that everybody on that team is shooting over like freaking 35% from the three, man. Like it's actually crazy. Yeah. But regardless, um, Laker Nation, you know, I'm still 10 toes on my team. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't see why they can't be number two in the East or number one. I think they are number two, actually. Um, but, yeah, why no, they're not number three one? The they're three in the West. Three. I'm sorry. West, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why they can't be number one. Um, but I do think, you know, um, PG is still sus in the playoffs. So, that's the last thing I'm going to say. Go ahead. Take it out. Um, I'm going to do Lakers after you. Uh, no, I mean, I agree with you, man. As a Lakers fan, they, they're they a much bigger threat this year than they were last year. Um, I know we touched on that um, last episode when we spoke about the Rondo trade. I think that was big. Even though he hasn't played for them yet, I still think it's huge. The fact that, you know, once he's healthy in the playoffs, everyone knows what playoff Rondo represents. Um, and like you said, I mean, they slow the game down at such, a, at such an efficient rate because they're two primary ball handlers in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They are so amazing in a half court set. It's so easy for them to get their shot off at any point um, within the court, you know. And it's crazy because so right now they actually have the highest offensive rating in the entire history of the of the NBA. Which I don't know if that's like they're still gonna be on that trajectory once the playoffs get. I don't know if they're still gonna be that hot um, from the three once the playoffs come here. But it is scary the thought that if they are such an efficient scoring team. And then if they play to their level, to the level of capability that they have on the defensive side of the ball, they are a threat in the in the West. I don't Easily. believe in the, I don't believe in the Suns. I don't believe in the Jazz. Honestly, I mean I think it's just a two-man race at this point between the Lakers and the Clippers. And the Lakers, the gap, and I said this last episode, the gap between the Lakers and the Clippers got much, much, much smaller, especially yeah. with all the injuries that the Lakers are dealing with right now, where the Lakers are just, like, recently, not that long ago, starting to deal with all the injuries to where the Clippers are starting to get healthy, even though they have some injuries currently right and now. Mesh. Like, yeah, as, exactly. As, as, you know, like, Serge Ibaka. Chemistry-wise. Yeah, because Serge Ibaka, Pat Bev, you know, um, who else? Uh, Rondo, Rondo now. Um, they're all hurt. Luke Kennard. Oh, yeah. No, but yeah, they're all hurt right now. But they're oh, they they're expected to be back soon. They're expected to be back soon, in time for the playoffs. Where in the Lakers, 
we don't know exactly we don't know the timetable to be exact you know like ad is expected to return before braun but it's like you know it's still up in the air you know for both of them so it's it's a little scary out there on the west side in in la man it's definitely i think this year is when we're really gonna see the battle of la yeah no um yeah actually I, i agree but i think um before i'm scared of the clippers i'm actually more scared of the the jazz just because not only do they have a great half court set but they're freaking um like they're all well-rounded all around like every single player is a threat you know offensively and then yeah. to a degree uh, a threat defensively especially mike Connolly and especially uh, obviously rudy Gobert. i don't know why i didn't mention him first but yeah um and then they have a leading six man of the year so but anyway um onto the lakers though for me um yeah, man. I mean, number one defense, that's what's really holding my faith right there. I tell you, I'm going to tell you all right now, as a basketball player, we grow up thinking uh, offense wins games, the defense wins championships, and that's why I think they're going to win the championship. Uh, um, and then the field goal percentage we're shooting right now is actually phenomenal, 47.9% from the field. Um, three point, though, we're trash. I'm just going to be really frank with you. We're boo-boo. Yeah, very shitty, yeah. And then, and then, oh yeah, and the free throw percentage is actually foo-foo as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. And then, like you said, bro, God knows what when LeBron's coming. Back. What did you just say? I know. I, I think it cut out. Yeah, a little bit. Um, free throw percentage is seventy-four point five percent from the field. It's trash. It's boo-boo. It's ferocious. Yeah, horrendous. Um, I don't. And then, like, my other thing too on this, like, why there's so, so all these ratings are so low. It's like. But y'all got Dennis Schroeder and, and Montrezl Harrell, you know, who are supposed to be the number, you know, best uh, pick and roll duo, top six men in six men in the league last year. You would think that they would have some type of shine right now. Uh, Schroeder yeah. is holding his own, you know, with these 18 points per game. But Montrezl Harrell, where you at? You know, I think, you know, uh, I think he's just stagnant in terms of like just being one. You know, I, um, I can't get the word out, but basically, like, uh, he hasn't elevated. Like, got, his game hasn't gotten significantly better to where, you know, he can carry the team. But go ahead, go ahead. I think, no, I think, speaking on mantra, sorry to cut you off, but I think ever since Braun got hurt, I think it's allowed him to really, like, shake off that funk of, like, you know, being in a new team, new system. Because as of late, I mean, he's been playing really good, you know. He's been, he's been, I mean, you know, he's not dropping 30 or whatever, but, like, he's playing more like the Montrez from last year. So I think, like, yeah. once we insert AD and Braun back into the lineup, he's just going to feel more comfortable to do his thing, you know? Yeah, I, I was going to – Showing the team, you know, showing um, LeBron, showing AD, showing um, Frank Vogel, you know, that, you know, he's still that dude. So that way when they come back into the lineup, they'll give him more play, you know, like more opportunity to do what he does better. So I think yeah. – and my thing is, it's like, I guess, like, because of the fact that AD and um, Braun are out, it's like, okay, now y'all have to go for 25. You know, Schroeder got to go yeah. for 25. You know, Montrez got to go for, you know, at least 20, you know, at least. So, but I get, and that's what my expectation is. And that's why I say he's stagnant. But like I said, man, um, I do think he's a great player. I do think he's a crucial part of our team for sure. So I ain't going to sit here and bash the man. Uh, yeah, but um, and then yeah, Andre Drummond just got back. Boo boo's game I've ever seen from him. Yeah, <laughs> boo boo's game I've ever seen from him. Uh, he had literally I have the, the stat right here. Uh, four, four points, one rebound, two assists, one block, one block, cool. But um, you man, man, you average seventeen and thirteen. Like what? What is that? First game, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, and then it gets to my like I, I know I talked to you about this on the phone, but I want to talk about this to the masses. Um. And creds to Dunk On Podcast. Um, I agree with him on the fact that I don't really understand this move with Andre Drummond. I know he's a marquee player, um, all-star, leading rebounder when playing. Um, but I don't really understand, bro, because, one, we're really efficient with AD at the center. Like, we have him at center 60% of the time. And then on top of that, um, Andre Drummond is now coming in strictly center. Like, you're not catching that man playing no type of power forward. So, but – to your, you know, um, defense, though, I think with AD being naturally a power forward, you know, it will allow him to really settle into what he really can do. You know what I mean? AD status scoring, you know, potentially, you know. Um, so I think it's a weird move, but at the same time, um, I don't think it's a bad one. 
I think it's a weird one, but not a bad one. So I don't know if that makes sense or, you know, correlates at all. But yeah, regardless, uh, uh, it was weird, but I don't know. Um, but then last point I have here with the Lakers. Um, yeah, well, it, and, and yeah, back to that point. It, it, free, it could potentially free up space, you know. Like I said, um, we could – with Andre Drummond at center, we could low-key do a five-out offense and just go crazy. Because, you know, as is like AD can shoot three. Um, he can back his back down back. He can back down to the basket, but I don't really like when he backs down to the basket because he really looks to fade away, and it's like that's not really too too efficient versus when he's going to the rim from the taking people one on one from the uh, the perimeter and two. So yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be interesting to see with Andre Drummond at, at center. So, but all else fails, Laker Nation, baby, you know how I feel. No, yeah, I mean, just to touch on that point for a little bit, I mean. I personally love the signing. Um, I feel like it's a hole in the team that we were missing. Because, I definitely love it, too. Yeah, because we, we got rid of – we let go of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. To where last year, that was one thing that helped us tremendously is that we were so long. We were so tall. You know, like, whether we were starting JaVale, AD, and Braun, and then, you know, we usually go, like, KCP – and then very yeah yeah no you're right you're right you're right I forgot who else we will start oh Danny Green so like Danny for the Green. like the shortest person on the court was like six 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 five and Danny Green you know so exactly. you know, and then we were seven foot seven foot six nine you on two K I literally run the point with Danny Green <laughs> yeah so six, it's five, like, EG, you know, like, like we were, yeah and that's one thing that really helped us um you know in the playoffs last year is because if we had to go big. When we went against Jokic, we went big. We had to go small. When we went against the Rockets, we were able to go small because we would just insert um, – the Lakers would just insert AD at the five or they'll start Markeith uh, Morris at the five because the thing is, is – and I do agree with you, I would love for AD to just naturally play the five because he's such a – he's a mismatch problem for the four and the five, but the five uh, – yeah. so they're just too damn slow to guard them, you know? Exactly. So like, yeah, like any five, almost any five in the league cannot guard him besides, like, let's say, like Joel Embiid just because he's so, like, physical. But besides that, you know, it's a matchup problem. But Anthony Davis just does not like to play the five. So it's like to accommodate with our star players, we got to, you know, make moves in order to make them happy. Because at the end of the day, you know, the NBA is a player's league. So – but he doesn't mind closing games out at the five, which, like you said, it is our most effective lineup, you know. But it'll give us, it'll give the Lakers an opportunity so that way he doesn't have to bang with a five the whole entire game because Drummond will be that body in the five. And I mean, we were we were expecting Mark Gasol, us as Lakers fans, because me too. I was going to talk we about that right after Marcus, you. Yeah, we were expecting Mark Gasol to fill in the shoes of Dwight Howard and Javel McGee. He has been. A disappointment. Way worse. To put, it, to, put it, to put it nicely, he's been a disappointment. So we got a we brought in um the Lakers brought in Andre Drummond to take the starting because maybe that's it. Maybe you gotta come off the bench, you know, to be more effective in less amount of minutes. Marcus Saul for mm-hmm. him to be more effective, you know. Um I, I, yeah, I, because at the end of the day, he's getting tortured, he's getting killed by any opposing center because. He is He's literally so a hole on defense. He is so slow. And it's crazy because even with him being such a liability on the defense side of the ball, the Lakers, like you said, still have the number one defense in the league. So now when you insert Andre Drummond, no, he's not a Rudy Gobert, but he's a much better defender than Marcus Saul. And, yeah, you know, you pointed out the stats. He didn't have that great of a game, but I saw his impact on the floor was much more than what the stat line showed. because. You could tell, at least before he got hurt and before he got dunked on. I know he got dunked on. But you could tell that his influence in the paint dictated different uh, different players' shot selection within the paint. You know, people were kind of, like, kicking out more instead of just driving full force on Marcus Gasol, who's, like, slow. Who's yeah. literally a snail, you know? Yeah. So I, I, love, I personally love the move. I really do. I really do. Yeah, I think, and and that was my thing. Um, we acquire Mark Gasol, and we expect him to be that fill-in for the the replacement center while AD is there. But excuse me, um, 
Yeah, it would. It just really didn't work out like that. So, and my first reaction, you know, when we signed Andre Drummond, it's like, wow, now you know that whole signing with that whole contract with Martin Gasol is a waste, like, because now we we just acquire him, and now we're just gonna put Drummond right there at the center, and you know, but because Martin Gasol was just a failure in what we expected, so it was bad, bro. But I, but but you know, I have faith in him, bro. Um. He's older, so I don't really know. I, I had a, more faith than I should have had in him, but it'd be like that. But he played so effectively in Toronto last year. That's the thing that got me. Yeah. He, played, with, with, we, we, he, had, he had more blocks than and, and yeah, Serge Ibaka. He averaged more blocks last year than Serge Ibaka. So it was like, I, you know, I expected much more from him than, than he's provided this year. And then, real quick, um, when you go to the bench, and it's Trez at the five. He is great offensively, but defensively, he is such he's also such a liability, but only because he's just so small. He yes. And seven. yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. So it's not like technically he's like maybe he would be a better defender against power forwards because you know he'll bump you like he's strong. You know, he won't just let you blow by him. He'll try, but he's like six, seven going against seven footers. Like he's gonna get killed every single time, you Good know. Time. So it's like maybe, you know, coming off the bench, they put Marc Gasol at the five, then they put Trez at the four. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if Marc Gasol will start, will play that much, And to be to be completely honest with you. Sorry, you just glitched and I glitched too, probably. What'd you say? I'm about to say, yeah, um, I don't even know if Marc Gasol will even play like that. Um, with this get like acquisition. 15 minutes. Max. Um, so... All right, um, and all right. So for this next topic, man, I want you to start off personally. I really want you okay. to start off. Um, okay, we can start off with the altercation, but not the. I don't know why I call it the altercation, but yeah, the go back and forth with Stephen A. and uh, Westbro, Westbro. Um, and then we can like kind of touch on with Katie as well too. Um, a little right. later, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What's your thoughts in terms of strictly, right. strictly just Stephen A. and and Russell Westbro? Okay. And then we'll get into like, yeah, West and Westbrook personally after as well. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, most of us know Stephen A, you know, Westbrook had an all-time game. The first time it had ever been done that he had a 30. 20. 21. 30. 30. I think it was uh, the first time it was 30 points, 20 assists, 10 rebounds. I'm going to tell you right now, 35, 14, and 21, bro. 14, what, rebounds? Yeah, 14 rebounds yeah. and 21 assists. Yeah, it was the first time that any player had ever had a 30-point, 20, uh, 20 assists, and 10 rebounds game ever. Ever. I was, I was actually watching the game the whole time. I was amazed the entire game. I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was watching Russell Westbrook in 2017 um, on the Thunder all over again. It was amazing, to be honest. But that being said, the next day, Stephen A got on first take. And, I mean, he wasn't impressed, you know. He flat out just said, you know, that's nice, but it doesn't impress me. It doesn't move me. And he basically, you know, he just said it amounted for shit in reality because he has not won any championships. That style of play, and these are the words of Stephen A., does not lead to championships, and it's been shown in the past. Like Stephen A. said, he's played with West, uh, he's played with Harden. He's played with KD. He's played with Serge Ibaka. He's played with Paul George, Carmelo Anthony before. You know, he's played with a lot of great players, and he hasn't gotten over the hump, you know. And after that, you know, we all know that uh, Nina Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's wife, you know, clapped back or whatever she did online on Instagram. at him whatever so then Westbrook actually in an interview you know he was just saying that he's a champion in life that doesn't really matter you know it doesn't really matter to him that he's lost like that blah blah you know the fact that that doesn't really mean much to him because he's a champion in life he came from the streets he provides for the community da, 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 da. me personally and everyone everyone that truly knows me knows how much I've been a Westbrook fan for years for years, I've been one of the biggest Westbrook fans. Even to this day, I'm one of his biggest defenders. When people say that he's washed, when people say that he's 
not the same, that he's nothing, you know, people just, people, to keep it simple, people shit on him regularly, regularly. And I'm one of the ones that really beat the drum and say, no, like Westbrook is like that. But I have to side with Stephen A in the fact that he's not lying, though. He's really not lying. Russell Westbrook has played with some great talent, bro. Some great generational talent. And what's it, what's it, like, what's it led to? KD leaves and he has not gotten out of the first round, bro. Not gotten out of the first round. He played with Melo and PG. Then, well, he played by himself. All that being said, I understand why he got bumped out the first round. He was playing with a bunch of scrubs. First year, he he averaged a triple-double. Then he played with Melo and PG out the first round. Then he plays just with PG. PG has an MVP year. Finishes top three in the MVP. Gets bounced the first round. Last bye-bye year, by Dame, right? Yeah, bye-bye. He got waved goodbye, bro. And we all know that that was literally two – Westbrook, because they were feuding the entire series. Yeah, no, no, no. I was going to say Westbrook and Matter. It was a tension between Westbrook and Dame yes, the whole series. They were going back and forth, back and forth. Matter of respect, know. because I, I feel like they're the same type of player, but go ahead. Yeah, facts. Just Dame. I mean, I, right. that's a different conversation. Uh, But so, yeah. And then he goes and plays with James Harden, and then he get bumped out the first round. Now, given. The season, you know, it ended, then it restarted. He got COVID. He got hurt. You know, the standings were a little different than it was supposed to be, essentially. Like it was projected to be. Because me, personally, I had them going to the uh, the Western Conference Finals. Of course, they were going to get beat by the Lakers no matter when they met up with them. But I actually had them going to Western Conference Finals. But what happened? They met them in the semis. Who? In the semis, yes. So he got past the first round. He got to the semis last year and faced the Lakers, and he got booted. He got booted. First first game, they win. He going bonkers. He talking shit to the crowd, you know, and then it's boom, 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 go home. And it's like, you know, it's been four years. And then this year, you with Bradley Beal, who leads the league in scoring, and, and y'all not even top four. That's go ahead. They're not even top ten. They're not even in the play-in, bro. The NBA made it so easy for teams to be competitive, and they're not even in the play-in, bro. And everyone who watches podcast, all y'all know that I've been beating the drum all year. That I really thought they were gonna make the playoffs. I really did. Even you laughed at me. Because everyone was like, yo, are you crazy? And I'm like, nah, I believe in Westbrook. I believe in Bradley Beal. I believe in them. I believe in them. They're going to turn it around. They just got killed by 20 or 30 points tonight, bro. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty terrible. The worst team in the East, they just got stomped, bro. So it's like at the end of the – it comes to a certain point where it's like, I understand, you know. And the only teams – I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But the only teams behind them are the Cavs, Magic, and the Pistons. And I believe they're better than them, like, roster-wise. They are. Personally, you know, just because the Magic lost three key players. Anyway, but yeah, and then the Pistons, they have guys who can go off crazy. They just lost PG, uh, Blake Griffin as well. Uh, and then the, uh, the Cavs, like, they can go off any night. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's 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 sad, man, because it's like, like I said, I'm a huge Westbrook fan. You know what he's going to give you every single night he gets on the floor. You know, he's going to play hard. You know, he's going to get other involved, but it's like, you left Houston because you didn't want to play a different style of basketball than the one that accommodates to Russell Westbrook. What? Like, I don't understand. I, I don't – it's like it gets to a certain point where it's like, so what are you doing this for? Like, are you okay? Are you genuinely okay with just being another NBA player, another Hall of Famer? Well, I was going to say, whoa, 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 another yeah, NBA yeah. player, you're wild. No, 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 that's all, I fixed it. Just another Hall of Famer because there's Hall of Famers. You know, there's many, 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 many Hall of Famers. But there's that there's that line that you cross when you win a championship. It just puts you in a whole other stratosphere. You're in a, in a special group of champions. 
that have changed the game forever. Yeah. And, I mean, what are you doing this for? That's my little spiel. You go ahead. All right. Um, personally, I'm in between. I'm really in between on how I feel about Westbrook. In terms of the altercation, uh, I keep calling it an altercation, bro. Stop me. Stop me. <laughs> that's Stop what, it's weird because that's what it feels like, but it, it wasn't at that. It I really know. wasn't. And, and it's crazy, too, because anybody that knows basketball knows that Stephen A. and Russell Westbrook respect each other to the max. Anybody that knows that. Um, but it is a jab hitter, though, to say, you know, what you just did was historically great, but, like, it don't mean shit. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Right, That's right after. Up. Right after. Yeah, but respectfully, though, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. But at the same time, though, let me make some points clear. One, as a PG, it's hard to carry a team. Two, uh, championships are situational. I can name every situation. Uh, I can name almost every situation that happened to Westbrook, you know, before he made it to that second round or to that next level, you know. Um, Patrick Beverly injuring the man. Um, uh, I can't remember the owner of the Rockets, but getting rid of Clint Capella because of analytics, you know. Um, oh, yeah, and let me give my credit to Adrian because Adrian is that dude and he loves – and everybody in the, in the pod, I'm not sure if you know Adrian, Adrian Bushu, he'd be on the comments all the time. He's my brother. Um, yeah, you know, he was, he, he was helping me with this one here because I was, I was really against Westbrook at a moment when he saved him. But anyway, regardless, nope. yeah, man, nope. a lot of times, um, but to the point, rings are situational. Um, let me let y'all know right now, my connection is unstable, but let me make sure it's straight. Anyway, chips are situational. It's hard to win a chip as a PG and Westbrook has a lot, a lot of situations as a PG. Um, but I'm going to tell you one thing, though. Here's some points that I think are in his case to being to the fact, to being on Westbrook's side. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But basically, here's are some points where I'm like, all right, maybe there's a reason, you know, why he doesn't have a chip and, you know, to why he might be a top PG of all time. Um, one, he's the most athletic point guard of all time. 6'3", dunking on anybody in their mama or mm -hmm. more at the same damn time. Um, you see Derrick Rose. Um, that's it. Only only, uh, only one I can really – only pure PG I can really think of that's as athletic as him. Uh, maybe Dame, yeah. um, but Dame is more relaxed off the perimeter type shit. Now, that was so, a you know, Baron Davis, Penny Hardaway, but, I mean, a lot of them, even Derrick Rose, all of them got injured. And even though Russell Westbrook got injured, he ain't his after his injury, his athleticism didn't fold that fast. Like it wasn't yeah. like a boom, you know. Exactly. Even to this day, he's not as athletic, but he's still he's still. So. And then I'm gonna go into the greatest attacker of all time. Um, let's not talk about assists. The man literally had freaking 21 assists. Like what? Um, and then most rebounding point, most rebounding point guard of all time, certified. You can't talk about that. Yeah. Um, and he's never had a team that's properly built around him. Um, he's Adrian told me that he never really had a team built around him. And I agreed with him at a point, And then I thought back to myself. And I said, yes and no. Um, one, two teams that I can think of off rip that um, had – that are built around him. One, the Rockets with James Harden and Clint Capella prior to the trade. Right um, I think that was the team. I really was scared of him. I ain't going to hold you. Trade, I think after the trade, they did that for Westbrook. And that was my thing. They did it for Westbrook, but it was an analytics call. And I think in sports, after uh, that Tampa Bay loss in baseball, and after that L that Westbrook and the Rockets took, analytics aren't the way to go. <laughs> they aren't really the way to go. Don't follow them. Don't have faith in them. I think they're just a something to look at in terms of track record. Um, but I don't think about – I don't think in the future that it's a solidified thing. Regardless, though, um, yeah, I do think – okay, so, yeah, the Rockets prior to the trade was a great team built around. And then uh, the freaking Wizards prior to Thomas Bryant being out and Mo Wagner getting out of here. Um, I think, one, Rui Hachimara is, to a degree, some type of sufficient for Thomas Bryant. Um, Thomas Bryant was going to be that dude, in my opinion. Um, 
He was going to be that dude for that team, that trio for that team that could make it work. Um, but like you said, bro, it's freaking Bradley Bill and freaking um, Russell Westbrook, and y'all not oh. even top 10. Y'all mm. not even top. I expected y'all to be at least top five. At least, matter of fact, at least top eight. Like, I thought the they were a playoff team all bro. I thought, I thought they were a playoff team all Yeah, I know. You were jacking them. You were jacking them. Oh, it's freezing. It's going in and out. You got me? They're, 17 and, they're literally 17 and 30, bro. Yeah, it's trash. It's literally garbage can. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then another point I want to touch on is the duos. My guy, you've had top-tier duos. Harden. Uh, 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 um, PG on his MVP year, KD. And matter of fact, in my opinion, you fucked that championship, Westbrook. Bro, bro they had that shit in the bag, bro. At least to get to the finals again. They had a 3-1 yeah. lead. And now Bradley fucking Beal. Like, bro, how much better offensively can you get than those three or four? What you need, bro? What else do you need in reality, bro? And then, to his defense, though, he's always played with sorry bigs. Um, because of the Clint Capella trade, he had to play with freaking a 6'5 big. And his canter, um, the Australian man, I cannot for, I can't remember his. Steven Adams, um, not as well. I think Serge Ibaka, when he was a KD and shit, not as well. Serge Ibaka was that motherfucker, though. Serge Ibaka, but not offensively. Uh, and then... Um, <laughs> Um, but he's out. So, yeah. I mean, that just goes to my point. Reigns is situational. And then my last, last, last point is the man is a Mark Q teammate. Anybody gets better with him. Anybody, any team, the team will get better. Like, individual players will get better. And then he always owns up. He's a real G. He's a real G. Okay, I don't have a chip, but I put on my people's, you know. Um, I'm going to stay with this team until they trade me. I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? He's Like I said, comparison to Damian Lillard. So, like I said, he has his pros and cons. But at the end of the day, to say as a GM, yo, I want Westbrook to come to my team and help me win the championship doesn't sound logical. Yeah. Which then puts me in the mindset of, is he conductive to winning? I know Ranger situational. I know things happen. Um, people make stupid decisions. But at the end of the day, though, it comes down to, like, just getting getting it over. And, you know, um, like you said, does it put him in that upper echelon? You know, um, with the kind of stats he has, you would think that he would be in the echelon of LeBron James. You know what I mean? Or at least Stephen Curry. You From this year, that. we know that Stephen Curry is not in the same echelon as LeBron James, but we know he can carry a team. Um, as well as and, – and let me get this point off. Let me get this point off. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul. We see significant differences in teams when, he, when he's on one. And it's not, But we don't see that with Westbrook. And he don't have the stats at all. Exactly, exactly. So – and that's my point. But I think – and that's why I'm in between. That's why I'm in between. But at the end of the day, I don't think his play is conducted to winning. And I don't think – matter of fact, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that it's going to be a, a tricky and special type of mix for him to win a championship. I don't so, think he ever will. Respect that. I don't think – it's like – I mean, dude, you had Kevin Durant, bro. Yeah, nah, that was unexcusable to me. In my opinion, that was unexcusable to me. I was, and at that time, I was a big time Westbrook fan. I thought I was Westbrook. I thought I was in middle school. I thought I was Westbrook, and I told you, I was like, oh yeah, it's over. We got a bag, chip in the bag, KD, uh, fucking, uh, Westbrook. Oh, it's over. It's over. We gonna beat LeBron for the first time. I remember wow. that too, and it's like. If you can't get it done with Kevin Durant, with the Slim Reaper, with the ultimate offensive weapon ever, seven-foot sniper from anywhere with the craziest handle, get to the rim, the probably one of the most efficient buckets in history. If you can get a ring with that, man, 
I'm sorry, this you you're not gonna win shit. You're not gonna win shit, bro. You're not Literally. because it's like I understand. It's like I know. Matter of fact, I don't understand that. <laughs> he, has, I don't he hasn't. He hasn't had teams built around him. The the Rockets literally traded their number one center for him because he was most effective with a straight line to the rim. Because but I don't think I don't think it was on Westbrook to trade him though. Given you know, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead. I don't think it was on him, but it was for him. It was Westbrook. for him to succeed. It was, and after that, he went he went crazy, bro. He ended up averaging like 27, seven to seven. He went eight. He was having one of the greatest years that he has had in the seat in the top in two, the, top two, top three. Offer it. He was having a great year, great year before the shutdown. But it's like, for for anyone to say that a team hasn't built anything around him, I mean, you had Kevin Durant, you had Serge Ibaka, you had James Harden, you had Paul. Baby Drill. James Harden, let's touch that. But he had he had oh, yeah, he Harden. had real he James Harden too. Back. Yeah, he did. You feel me? Like, what more do you need? Do you need a play with LeBron to get a ring? Literally, that's, I don't even that's, think that's the last resort. I'm like, yo, God forbid he ends up with LeBron and they win. Dude, 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 no cap, bro. I don't even think he'll get a ring if he play with LeBron, bro. Chill. No, no, no. Chill. I don't. No, chill, no, chill, 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 chill. I got to disres- I got to respectfully disagree with that one. I don't think so. I think so. LeBron James. And, and it's funny. I was a big advocate for the. You were a big advocate. I was a big advocate for the Lakers to end up landing Westbrook. So you know, I want I wanted to be known that I wanted the Lakers to get Westbrook two years ago, I believe. Yes, before he signed his extension with the with the with the Thunder, I wanted them to get Westbrook. At this point in time, from what I've seen, from what I've witnessed from the Wizards, and bro, to be honest, I tune into every single Wizards game. I love watching Russell Westbrook, but that's all it is. Is Literally watching entertainment, but it's not going to lead to nothing. I don't want him on my team if I'm trying to win championships. I want him on my team if my team sucks. If my team is ass, if my team like, sucks, yo, dude. If my team is ass, yo, bring him here, man. He's gonna fill up the stadium. He's gonna get us in the playoffs, maybe. He's gonna put on a show every single night, and I'm good with that. But if I'm trying to win a chip, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good off that. And I respectfully respect that. Respect that. And it sucks, bro. It sucks because I love Russell Westbrook's game. I love his game. I like his style. I like his style of game, personally. Because I'm the type of dude to just keep shooting. But, you know, I feel bad for the people I play pickup with, so I'll just pass the ball. But, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, bro, he just – he leaves it all on the floor every single night. You got to give credit to that shit because not not a lot of players do that shit. So, it's like it's rare. It's really weird to find a breed like him to where they're gonna put it all on the floor every single night. But I mean, with his yeah, yeah. With his certain style and his mindset, you're not gonna win shit, man. I mean, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. I gotta side with Stephen A on this one. Real shit. I got to. I respect I it. To. I respect it. Um uh, okay. Like, like, real quick, real quick. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hey, hold Stephen up. Say he was he wasn't saying about. He wasn't hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You said hold up. Yo. You said you, you wanted me to stop before I transitioned, but go ahead, go ahead, because oh. it was freezing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> nah, just uh, real quick, like Stephen A. said, he wasn't saying anything about Westbrook's character. He wasn't saying anything about what he represents, what he's done for his community. He's a real-ass motherfucker, man, real shit. He's real. He's real from on the court to off the court. Off the court, 100% on me. But it's you know is you're not gonna win. That's it. That's it. So all right, man. Um, we didn't talk about the Celtics yet. Not yet. Let's talk about their booty ass. My God. All right. Let me start off because I know you go probably ahead. have more to say than I do. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, dude. Like offensive rating, one hundred and fourteen point one. It's okay. It's okay. Defensive rating, one thirteen. That's pretty fucking shitty. <laughs> Um, field goal, you got 46.9. That's okay. Uh, I expect better, especially with the playmakers you have. That's another point for later. Um, and then the three point, 
snipers, cool, respect it. And the free throws, I am. We're around the Lakers range, 74. So Lakers are 74, they're 76. Okay, but uh, easily, biggest appointment, disappointment in the NBA. Um, I think many people question Brad Stevens to bring them over the edge. I think um, it's a team chemistry issue. I don't think uh, – and maybe chemistry is the wrong word, but I think um, there's just a team full of shot creators. And – I don't know if people have been, I don't know if y'all tuned into the live, but I've had many arguments saying that, I don't know, I think that was you who disagreed with me on the fact that Jalen Brown can lead his own team. For sure. I did, I did before the season. I did. You was beefing me. Before the season. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it froze out again. But anyway, yeah. I don't. I think uh, Jalen Brown can lead his own team, and I think Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, has already made his led his own team. So that goes into my point of I think their biggest issue is one, we got to play better D in the fourth quarter. Two, they have too many play uh, playmaking players, shot creating guys. You have Jalen Brown; he can make a shot out of anything, bro. He can go to the rim, he can shoot the three, whatever you want to do, bro. We can do it. Type shit. 3 and D guy, great. I love him. Then you have Jason Tatum. I don't even have to say anything about Jason Tatum. I'm like 35 points right now. Like, I'm not sorry. I said 30, 25 points right now. Uh, yeah, you that know. would be absurd. That would be I know, crazy. that would be absurd, yeah. <laughs> but 25 points right now, like, um, I mean, yeah, certified, certified bona fide killer. Uh, and then you have freaking Kemba Walker, who's a certified bona fide killer. But like I said, it's – but I think the combo of those three and the style of play is just causes them all to be streaky. Um, and it's just like, okay, Kimba's going off one day and Jalen Brown's going off, but, um, Jason Tatum is foo-foo or Jason Tatum's going off and both of them are trash or vice versa, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm like, yo, y'all got to decide, like, who's that dude? Who is that dude? Because obviously it's Jason Tatum, but at the same time, it's like, yo, all three of y'all can't be going to the rim every single time in the fourth quarter and not be playing D. Like, bro, that's trash, bro. Like, it's literally iso ball the entire game. And it's like, yeah, y'all can do it. But at the same time, is that good and conductive to winning in the fourth quarter, especially when your biggest problem is not overcoming the hump in the fourth quarter. So, yep. um, I think that's your problem. Iso ball and those guys are just too offensively dominant to be together. And I think the and, and, and when I say offensive dominant, I mean just their style of play overall in general. So, with that being said, oh. someone needs to be traded. Yeah, man. Um, who is to blame? I think um, Brandon, Brad Stevens. Brandon Stevens. Brad Stevens. I think he just can't get that team cohesively together. I think with the three um, Mark U guys, it's just too hard. Um, I'm not sure if that's a question of Brad Stevens. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a question of, you know, the three guys' characters, Kemba Walker, uh, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. But I think it's a coaching problem because if you can't get your guys together, you can't get a team together. You can't get a chip. So that's how it goes. Go ahead, Hector. What do you think? Who is to blame for this and why? All right. Um, yeah, so my stance, I mean, to be honest, the whole time for a while now, I've been thinking it was Brad Stevens. Um, but, you know, I tune into Nick Ray and first things first every single morning. And for years now, he's been blaming um, Danny Ainge, the GM of the Boston Celtics. And in reality, I haven't been buying it, you know, until lately. And I think, I think in reality, if you, if the groceries aren't right within the meal, I think you should blame the person who buys the groceries. And the person who gets the players to form a championship team is Danny Ainge. The person. Respect that. Yeah. The person who tries to, you know, because in reality, in this situation, I'm sure Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, and the entire coaching staff and everything, they get together and they try to figure out a certain plan. But at the end of the day, Danny Ainge has a final say. And he chose to bring Kemba Walker. He chose to bring Evan Fournier. He chose to bring Tristan Thompson. He chose to bring these certain players, and he chose not to go after certain players. He chose not to go full force for Anthony Davis. 
He chose that because Anthony Davis was on the board and he didn't go 100% the way the Lakers went. They gave up everything for AD. Everything. They gave up three players and like four picks, five picks, like some crazy shit. But that's what you got to do for a generational talent at the end of the day. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. I personally, off rip when they signed Kemba, I thought it was a big downgrade from Kyrie. Because at the end of the day. But I think they needed that. I agree, but I think they needed that. I think they needed a different they they needed him as a as a <clears throat> as a a band-aid on the wound, you know, because Kyrie hurt them. Kyrie hurt Celtics Nation. And they needed a little band-aid to make Celtics Nation feel better about what, what transpired. But it's like on the basketball court, they downgraded. They got a smaller, not as effective scorer because they're both bad defensively and he's not that gifted scoring wise and Kemba's great but he ain't Kyrie and I guarantee you Kyrie won't have in the AC they're the AC they're under 500 right now when you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown they should not be under 500 over it they should not be under 500 but then that brings me to the fact of, is it a coaching problem? Because they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think Terry, or I'm sorry, Terry Rose here. Kimball Walker should sit down and be like, yo, all right, bet I'm not that dude. I'm going to just facilitate. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Coaching-wise, Brad Stevens got them to a game seven in Eastern Conference Finals against Gold James, against LeBron James. Oh, James. Game seven with a bunch of youngins. With a bunch of games, he got to game <clears throat> So it's like we we've seen what Brad Stevens could really do, but that was with a bunch of players who had small egos. They were rookies, they were sophomores, Terry Rozier didn't get paid. Jason Tatum had just got to the league. You know, it's they weren't what they are now. A lot of them know what they represent or what they can represent. Jalen Brown knows what he could do. Jalen Brown knows because Jason Tatum was out for a few games and Jalen Brown went eight. He went ape shit. He went crazy. Crazy. And I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, it's just, it's a weird vibe that goes on every single game. There's just something not clicking. And I can't blame Brad Stevens, me personally, because I think it's just the personnel that's in the locker room and that's the GM who should have made the decision at the trade deadline to let go of something he didn't let go of nothing he gave up two second rounders and then he, he did give up Daniel Tice who was their number one rim protector their number one from the three their number one center and he just let him go he relieved he relieved him of his duties it's not like he didn't trade him he ain't getting nothing. He just released them. So, whatever. I don't understand that. But besides that, I mean, I don't know what's going on. And just real quick to touch on what you said earlier, they're 12th in offensive rating within the league. They're 21st in defensive rating. That is bottom 10. Horrible. They're 28th in offensive rating in clutch situations. 28th. There are fourth quarter 30, can't finish. I told you. There are 30 teams. And this is all this year. And they're 18th in defense in clutch situations. That is bottom 15. That is in the bottom half of the league. They are bottom. They are bottom half in the league in defense and offense in clutch situations to where they cannot close out any single game. Any if they're in a close game, they will lose. And I and I I always voucher Jason Tatum in the past. He has been amazing. As of two months ago, he's been amazing in the clutch. But right now, he is the 42nd ranked player in clutch scoring. Because he has to share the fucking ball in the fourth quarter. But he's not going to take over the fucking quarter. You need to Jimmy Butler takes over. You need to. Chris Paul takes over. 
But the thing is, is four quarterman in the league. And he you has Jason Tatum take over, and he's hitting fucking game winners in the damn fourth quarter. He's hitting he game winner tight shots, step back threes on people. Yeah, that's, that's why I say Brad Stevens. But go ahead. But he's that dude, though. He, he is, and I agree with you. He, he has, has to, exactly, to exactly. And who was that? Danny Ainge's fault or Brad Stevens? I think it's Jason Tatum's fault. No, Brad Stevens. No, when it comes to clutch scoring, it's his fault because Brad Stevens isn't shooting the ball. He is. Mm-hmm. He averages 2.5 points in clutch situations. 2.5 points. You mean to tell me you can't get three points on a regular basis when you're down or in the lead within five points with five minutes left, left in the game? You mean to tell me in five minutes, every single game, in the final five minutes, you can't get three points regularly? Come on. Exactly. Come on. And Jalen Brown is but, way lower. But is what? Is way lower. Okay. Way now, lower. I was going to say, because I think that's a sharing of the ball problem. Like, me, I'm not supposed to be sharing the ball. You're supposed to be looking for the guy that's supposed to hit that shot. Me, Jason Tatum. So, but then that's a coaching problem because why is Jason Brown, Jalen Brown going ISO in the fourth quarter or when it's clutch time? Why is Kemba going off the screen and shooting jumpers when it's the fourth quarter and we're supposed to be looking for Jason Tatum? I mean, yeah, I understand Coaching the fact that the the fact that he's not like setting his foot down. You know, he's not saying, "Hey, you take the shot, you get the ball." So because so I, I feel like I feel like as a GM, you have to get the best players you can possible. And Danny Ainge lucked out with drafting two guys that were Mark you and coming out with a. So uh, 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 above average point guard. Yeah. And I don't think, and that's where I go. is like, all right, you have the talent. It's a matter, and at this point, it's a matter of who can sit down and respect the talent. Because, for example, James Harden sat down, took a five-point reduction in, uh, in points per game. But his assists are out of the fucking, uh, out of this world. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, it's clear that he took a step down in the scoring category to a degree, uh, still averaging 25, 27. But it's like, who's going to do that for the Celtics? So who's going to take that reduction? And and it's different for every team. I'm not saying, oh, someone should take a five-point reduction. No, I'm saying someone should just sit down and be like, all right, bro, this is what it is. I have to score less. I have to pass up. I have to look for – I have to start looking for this dude. I have to start focusing on getting this guy the ball at this time and this – you know what I'm saying? And no. so I think that's a coaching issue, and that's why I say – but go ahead, go ahead. I know I cut you off. I know I cut you off. I know I cut you off. No, no, no. You good. I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, in reality, I think Brad Stevens will be the first one to go. I do think he'll probably be fired maybe this offseason. In reality. Do I think it's fair? No. I don't think it's fair. But he, I mean, at the end of the day, the coach is the first one to go. No one fires a GM at first. No one. Yeah, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I'm about to uh, say, James Dolan is still the GM of fucking uh, New York, so... Yeah, so it's like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Brad Stevens will get the 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 great share of the blame. But me personally, I think it's Danny Ainge, man. He he hasn't done what he has to do to bring championships. Yeah. He's not willing to let go of any of them. One of them has to be tradable in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They have to be tradable. For the right package, you have to be willing to trade one of them to give your team the chance to possibly compete for a championship. You have to. You have to. They're not top five, top ten in the league, like AD and LeBron, like Kawhi and PG, like KD and Kyrie. They're not in that caliber, so one of them has to be tradable. Those players are non-tradable. James Harden, Damian Lillard. Nobody wants to trade those players. When you got a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, one of them has to be has to be tradable. One of them. You have I think it's Jalen Brown, personally. Me too. I was a GM, it's Jalen Brown. Me too. I think he's that mark you do, but I'm choosing Jason Brown, Jason Tatum. I'm Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I'm choosing Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum all yeah. day. So. But it's like me, me as a me as a franchise 
who's receiving the player. I choose Jalen Brown because he's more of an unlocked gem. Even though this year he's gone berserk, you know, he's reached another level in his game. But he's still he's still low-key underrated. Like, nobody talks about him for most improved players. Very underrated. Nobody. Very underrated. And because of the situation we're describing right now. Exactly. But if I'm the player, if I'm the team keeping the player, like the Boston Celtics, like you said, I'm keeping Jason Tatum because I know what he represents. Jason Tatum is that motherfucker. He really is. That dude. He really is. He is going to be great in this league for many, many years. But this this situation, I mean, like we've said many, many times, it's they are truly the most, the most underperforming situation in the entire league. They are the most disappointing league. They are the most disappointing team in the entire NBA this year. Offer it 100%. Nobody has to think about it. We ran a poll and it was 100% yes. When we asked, are the Celtics the most under, are they the most underachieving team in the league? And everybody answered yes. Because compared to what they should be, they are fucking ass. Foo, foo. With all due respect, they are ass, bro. They're the AC. And and, no and, and and I wanna I wanna touch on the fact that you're saying this though out of respect. Yeah, it's not like you're saying this like oh they're boo boo they're boo boo they're boo boo they're boo boo players. Like no, we're just no. saying this because you we expect better out of you because of what you bring to the table. Because you're that great. That's what it is. That's what it is. They are that. They should be a top four seed. Easily, easily. Question. Without question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Easily top four. Because right now, Nets. Um, I don't know why the Wizards is stuck in my mind, but the Nets. The um, matter of fact, let me pull it up. Bucks, just because. Nets, I'm sorry. Bucks, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Nets, 76ers, Butts, and Hornets. Hornets are top four right now. Top four. There's no way. They just got blown out by 20 against the Nets. There's no five. way. There's the no Raptors way. are number. I'm sorry. Yeah, Heat is number five, and the Knicks are number six. It's horrible. It's horrible. Interesting season. Interesting there should season. be no other better team besides the Nets, Philly, and the Bucks. They just shouldn't. It's it's disrespectful to the game of basketball, bro. For sure. For sure. The fact that last night against the, the Dallas Mavericks, who are one of the worst defensive teams in the entire league, they were down. Luka went we're ridiculously stupid, though, so. He went stupid until it got, like, five minutes left in the fourth, if we're being honest. But yeah. still – Still, yeah. Yeah. they should be beating played, him. They should be beating him. They should be beating him. Jason Tatum played one of his worst halves in the entire season in the first half. It's just, and that's another thing. Jason Tatum and Campbell Walker are extremely streaky, streaky as players, per, okay. like personnel wise. And it's like, but y'all are going at it in the fourth quarter as a team. Like, oh, I'm gonna take this shot. Oh, I'm gonna take this shot. Oh, I'm gonna go. I saw here. I'm gonna go. I saw here. It's like, bro, somebody got to be the efficient, consistent dude. So. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean it's. I don't know. I don't know. But this off season, there's gonna be. I I hope there's a lot of rumblings in Boston for their sake. Yeah. For their sake, because if Bro. not, they got a horrible future ahead. Straight up. Someone's getting fired this season. Someone's getting booted oh, or fired yeah. the end of the season easily. I'm I think we right know now. who it is. I think we know who it is. Yep. Real shit. What? All right, guys. Man, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you guys dealing with our technical difficulties the entire show, man. We appreciate you guys listening all the way through. We want to ask you guys to please subscribe, please comment, please like every single video that we put. We're new to this YouTube shit, so we just hope that you we just hope that you guys help us catapult us to that next level, man. We appreciate everything you guys been doing for us. I was gonna say, yeah, man. Like Hector said, you, we want y'all to catapult us. So give us the criticism, critical criticism. We need it. We want to get better. Please, please let us know. Uh, 
Please roast this in the comments. Mount, you're crazy for thinking the Celtics are not that good. Hector, you're crazy for thinking yeah. Westbrook is that dude. Please, please, please. We beg y'all for the comments, man. And like I said, thank y'all again for tuning in, man. It's been a wonderful session, man. Thank you again. We out of here. Yes, sir. We appreciate y'all, man.